0: This is Tales, Tunes, and Towtons, a podcast about stories and songs from Newfoundland and Labrador. We also occasionally eat towtons, our favorite food group. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jen. Welcome to episode four. Good morning. Good morning. (laughs) How was your Halloween week? My Halloween week
1: was delightful. Good. I had one trick-or-treater, but I didn't answer the door because I was drying my hair. (laughs) Could have been. Could have been. Could have been a delivery guy or something. And then I... Yeah. And then I went to my niece and nephew's house, uh, which was super fun.
0: Tradition. Nice. So, yeah. You? We had a really fun night. Went to an outdoor party, and we did mm. a uh, surprise flash mob. I All the moms. We had been working on our dance moves. How long did you practice? Oh, my goodness. Well, they sent out the video. A couple of the moms did the routine mm. in their living room and recorded it. And... And forwarded it to all the moms, and then we just, you know, learned as much or as little as we wanted. But they were in the front, so if you didn't know it at all, you, you could, could just sort copy of them, follow along. It was really fun. And then the best was you could hear the kids, <laughs> the kids in the videos after, "Mom, it's so embarrassing." Stop it, Mom. <laughs> yeah, it was really funny.
1: I feel like uh, we're we were really fortunate here in. Newfoundland to be able to have Halloween. Yeah. And I feel like kids were really,
0: really excited. And it was a beautiful night. Mm-hmm. Calm, big full moon. It was really good.
1: Yeah. Spooky. So <laughs> we hope you enjoyed our spooky episode if you tuned in.
0: Because we certainly enjoyed making mm-hmm. the, <laughs> the, the intro. <laughs> yeah. It was fun. So I'm first. Yeah. yeah, episode four. Four episodes. Crazy. Four weeks. Uh so I really should by rights. Have done a scrap episode to talk about what I need to, but there was so much information that I'm just gonna make this my story. Okay. So I'm gonna talk about a classic merchant family name. Mm, okay. John Munn. Oh, <laughs> so hold on. I'll get to it. Okay, I'll get to okay. it. So John Munn was born in 1807 in Scotland. He moved to Harbour Grace. And open a business with Captain William Punton. Punton, what a nice name! And also, I meant to like run some of these names by you before we started (laughs) recording, just to front everyone. So you're all going to be on this, yeah? Uh, So the company became involved in the seal trade and shipbuilding. He helped found the Union Bank and served as director. And he even owned the Harbor Grace Standard newspaper. John Munn & Co. was unquestionably the largest fishing, fishery supply and general trade firm in Outport, Newfoundland at this time. Mm. So let's go back to last week's episode. Right, right, right. Munn, because that sounded familiar. Yeah. So I said that the Brig Resolvin' left Harbor Grace carrying extra passengers with a cargo load for John Munn & Co. Right. Limited. okay. So, at that time, it would have been right after John Munn retired, passing on the company to his son, William Panton Munn, along with his nephew, Robert Stewart Munn. So, we'll come back to William, and we're going to talk about... William and Robert. Robert Stewart. So, I had to make myself... A family tree. (laughs) A family tree. I'm showing Jen. (laughs) There's a lot of scribbles. So, Robert Stewart Munn, over here. So, John, he's dead and gone <laughs> okay <laughs> robert stewart uh so he also had a son William stewart H- what a st- upholding what what, what, what is why that why aren't people naming their child stewart these days come on somebody have i a mean a it reminds me of stewart little is that a the little movie? yeah yeah stewart such a good name my old dentist's name was stewart stewart okay, okay. Sorry. so <laughs> robert stewart munn had also had a son so this is a name that I need you to help me. Okay. William Azaria? Would you say Azaria? I think. A, spell it. A-Z-A-R-I-A-H. Yeah. Yeah. So let's go with that. We don't, we don't need... <laughs> it, it's just there was a lot of William, so I wanted to include right. his middle name. So William. He was also involved in the family business, but sort of fit in after his father, Robert, and Uncle William were involved. And I only found this tidbit of information after I had everything else done, so I sort of inserted this in the middle. Uh, So the only bit of information I found about him was on a more local website, ConceptionBayMuseum.com. This is William, right? Yeah. Okay. The son. William Azaria. So on this website, it said a lot about the period where the banks crashed And the import agency W.A. Munn & Company was founded in St. John's where the company was a large importer of flour and exporter of partridge berries and blueberries. Partridge berries. So, most notably, the company was the leading producer of medicinal cod liver oil. Just like right. you talked about. Oil I don't think they were serving oil. it out in shots, but I think it was. <laughs> <laughs> um, and a processing plant was established in Harbor Grace. So this was the side that William was involved in. In its heyday, the plant regularly produced 100 barrels of cod liver oil a day. No, a day. A day. So, like, that deserves a second for us to just think about how much fish... Cod liver was required wow. to keep this enterprise going. So much of Harbor Grace's cod liver oil was exported to England. And in 1924, the British Empire exhibition featured Munn's cod liver oil. Cool. Yeah. The information that relates most <clears throat> to today is that this Munn, William Azaria... Dog going crazy in the background. <laughs> Frankie! <laughs> William Azaria was later appointed um, an ag- to be an agent for Lloyd's of London, an English insurance market. In 1911, he started his own company, Newfoundland Marine Insurance, to handle W.A. Munn & Company's internal insurance requirements. This firm eventually evolved into Munn Insurance... <gasps>
1: I know, stop.
0: Which is one of the largest insurance brokers in Atlantic Canada. So this company has special meaning to me because my father-in-law eventually bought the company from the Munn family, and now my husband and brother-in-law own and operate the company. Oh. And to tie it all together, my father-in-law's name was John. Oh. <laughs> it's really cool. That cool. is so cool. Because when you talked about this, I asked that question, yeah. right? Yeah, like, yeah. And I just didn't know the answer. Because I was like... And then
1: Ad- yes. like I knew.
0: And then Adam listened to the episode and was like, uh hello. Do you know who you were talking about? Do wow. you know the story? And he could tell me little bits. So I sort of knew where to go looking and what words to look for. Cool. Okay. So that is the branch, the insurance side. And that was Robert Stuart Munn's son, William. William. Yeah. So let's go back to the other William, the son of the original John Munn. William was born in Scotland. Yeah. So William Panton Munn. So William, uh, he married a woman by the name of Flora Clift. And they had a son named John Shannon Munn. John Shannon Munn. <laughs> I know. These are so good it's names. A lot of Johns, a lot of Munns. Flora's
1: also a beautiful name, Flora's too. Flora's
0: really pretty. Um, okay, so, but then, sadly, William passed away when John, the baby, was just two years old, leaving Flora widowed. Oh. Flora remarried Edgar Rennie Bowering, making Edgar John's stepfather. Okay? Are you with me? John <laughs> Shannon Munn's stepfather. John Shannon Munn. So, okay. so he really didn't know his father because he was only two years old when right. his dad died. So the Laura only parents remarried. he knows are his mom, Flora, and his now stepfather, um, Edgar Rennie Edgar Bowering. Yes. Okay.
1: Is this going where I think it's going?
0: Put in some suspense music (laughs) and we'll find out later. Okay. So John Munn Jr. John John Shannon Shannon Munn Munn was born (laughs) in 1980 in Harbor Grace into the prominent local merchant family that we're talking about. 1980? No. I was like, he's he's my age, I'm (laughs) almost (laughs) <laughs> the number the the date is like screaming at me in the face and I still didn't A- 1880? say it. Correctly. 1880. 1880. Yeah. Go back 100, <laughs> 100 years. <laughs> okay, so let me just start that over. John Munn Jr. was born in 1880, 1880. in Harbour Grace, Newfoundland. So he wrote he rose to become managing director of Bowring Brothers, which is his stepfather's company. And um which was well known for Bowring's, so the largest department store on Water Street. That's right, what right, we right. would remember it for. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but Bowering Brothers also owned a fleet of ships. They ran the Red Cross line of steam sh- ships around Newfoundland and Labrador. In particular, the SS Florizel. <gasps> the Florizel? Yeah. I'm, okay. I'm going there. Oh, sorry. I got really excited. So that was one of the first passenger ships in the world, yes. specifically designed to navigate icy waters. Also useful for seal hunting. Uh, most famously, the Florizel was converted into a troop ship, mm-hmm. and in 1914, it carried the first 540 volunteers of the Newfoundland Regiment yes. into World War One.
1: Wow, so, that's so
0: neat! I know there's a lot colliding here. It's really interesting. Munn was also a really good cricket player, and when he was young, he was one of only three Newfoundlanders known to play at such a first-class level. He played in England for Oxford University, and that would have been around the turn of the century, uh... The year 1900.
1: So, do people play cricket anymore in Newfoundland?
0: I don't think they do in Newfoundland, but obviously there's a real history there. And have you ever played cricket? Never. Me neither. No, I've it's only. Something like else we can add it to the list. <laughs> so there was only uh, two other Newfoundlanders who were recognized at this level that we know of. One was by the name Stuart Pitts, and the other Stuart. <laughs> yeah, another Stuart. And the other was William Bowring. Bowering being his stepfather's cousin. So, in the family, there were two world class cricket players. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, in January of 1908, Munn, John Munn Jr., John Shannon Munn. John Shannon Munn. 1908, we're in 19. Yeah. Okay. Uh, married Alice May McGowan, the daughter of the Inspector General of the Royal Newfoundland Constabulary. Oh. Constabulary, yes. Uh, her father's name was John Roach McGowan. Uh, so I'm sure there's stories
1: there. Lots of Johns and Williams. Yeah, yep.
0: Yeah. So they got married at the Cathedral of St. John's the Baptist, which we call the Anglican Cathedral. Uh, they were wed by the Bishop of Newfoundland, and they had their reception at the Government House. Ooh. I know, big deal. It's so, like, I forget that, like,
1: Government House or churches in downtown St. John's, like, have been around for so long, and like I'm in those buildings know, all the time. I know, it's amazing. And I, I it's forget. Over, it's that, overwhelming
0: to think about the history. How long and how many people have come through there, and yeah, yeah it's amazing. Uh, where am I? Okay, so the couple had a daughter together Elizabeth Shannon Munn. So Shannon being after John Shannon Munn.
1: Yeah. The only reason I'm getting all this correct is because I'm looking at Sarah's handy family tree.
0: Which we should definitely
1: put a picture <laughs> we'll up definitely, up.
0: yeah. With all the scratches. <laughs> okay. So they had a daughter, Elizabeth Shannon Munn. They called her Betty. Born in 1914. So the year the World War One mm-hmm. started. The first year. The first World War. Sorry. Uh, so Munn was 34 years old and was considered too old to enlist in the war. So he served as treasurer of the committee to establish funding for the volunteer Newfoundland Regiment. In 1918, the peak of his successes, his family planned a vacation to Florida. His wife went ahead as far as New York, leaving him, his daughter Betty, and their nurse na- nursemaid named Constance Trenchard.
1: Trenchard. Constance, I love oh, I know that, that name. That's such a beautiful
0: name. Uh, so they were left behind to follow. Uh, they were going to pick up the mom along the way in New York, and then go on to Florida. So, uh, the father, the daughter, and the nursemaid booked to go to New York through Halifax aboard the SS Florizel, mm. the passenger liner employed by his company, the Red Cross Line. The Florizel left St. John's on February 23rd, but met a blizzard near no other than Cape Race. No, Sarah! <laughs> you, that's not true! <laughs> it is! Causing them to sink near Cappahaden... <gasps> At Hornhead Point, John Munn, his daughter, Betty, her nursemaid, and 91 others <gasps> died. Oh, Cape Race. Yes. Did you, like, freak no, out when I you did. Fa- I Literally. I, Adam was on the couch watching the election, and I'm like, oh, oh my god. god, oh my god, this is crazy. Yeah. So you have to, you have to listen to our other episode about This Cape will make Race. no sense unless you, yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. So, after the deaths of his granddaughter and stepson, Sir Edgar Bowring commissioned several memorials in their honor. John Munn was commemorated by a stained glass window at St. Thomas's Anglican <gasps> Church, St. John's. And they're all the time. Yeah, like, yeah. That's crazy. As well as a park in Harbor Grace, Shannon Park. We will have to <gasps> go there. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and new facilities for St. John's Orphanage uh, renamed the Shannon Munn Memorial. The most notable memorial in honor of Betty Munn was an exact replica of the statue of Peter Pan. (gasps) In Boring Park? Yeah. So the original statue was in the Kensington Gardens in London. um, And the replica is in Boring Park. And it was unveiled in August 1925, inscribed in memory of a dear little girl who loved (gasps) the park. Oh. So, last thing. We I always call it add, Boring Park. Boring, bowring, bo- Yeah, bowering. so it would be Bowering. Yes. Because yes. <laughs> so, uh, the land where boring por- b- b- Bowering, bowering. bowering boring Park sits was originally purchased and donated to the city in 1911 by Sir Edgar Rennie Bowering on behalf of Bowering Brothers Limited on their 100th anniversary of commerce in Newfoundland. <gasps> Wow. Yeah, that's super cool. I know. So one last little detail. In 2016, John Munn, the original John Munn from Born in Scotland, was named a National Historic Person. As of August 2020, the list only had 721 names on it, and he's there. Wow. There are approximately 70 names submitted each year, and the person must be deceased for at least 25 years before their name can be added to the list.
1: That is a very cool story wrapping up
0: all kinds Dude, of things we've talked I about I over the know. last month. And I didn't do it on purpose. I was just sort of like, well, I know there's a story here. Let's do it. So there you really, go. Very, neat. Okay, so my
1: song today is Pat Murphy's Meadow. Do you know Pat Ooh. Murphy's Meadow? I remember the tune of the chorus, but I couldn't sing along to a verse. Um, I don't... And the reason I picked this is because it was just in my head all week. Oh, nice. And it wouldn't go away, so... Um, Yeah, Pat Murphy's Meadow uh, was originally a poem written by John Martin Devine, J.M. Devine. I looked up the initials, in mm -hmm. the 1930s. Um, Pat Murphy's Meadow is a field in Kings Cove, Bonavista Bay, Newfoundland, where Devine spent his childhood helping support his widowed mother by mowing Murphy's Meadows.
0: Nice.
1: Um, So I definitely need to go to these meadows. The words were set to a tune composed in the 1950s by Peter McNulty of the famous New York Irish McNulty family who made it famous. So in 1949, um, John sent the poem to Anne, who was the mother of the McNulty family Irish popular band. And she wrote back, quote, I've just received your song. I am delighted with it. It is just lovely and indeed a typical McNulty number. (laughs) So, they kind of made it famous. Cool. And turned this poem into the song we know now. Um, it was also brought to Ireland by a popular Irish singer called P. J. Murphy. Murphy. I, I think that was my pronunciation guide. Oh, okay, um, okay. He had great success with it. So much so that the song was often confused as an Irish song mm. and
0: not one from Newfoundland. I wonder how many songs I know. Are, so that, that got, got me like, fit into that category. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, here we go. Okay. This is my little tie back to previous um, episodes. J.M. Devine was a cousin of no other than Gerald S. Doyle.
0: <laughs> of course he was. <laughs>
1: of course. Because Doyle was also born in Kings Cove. Um, to Thomas Doyle and Margaret <laughs> Devine. <laughs> That's not part of the song. That's the dog. Um, so I was when I read that, I was like, oh my gosh. Gerald S. Doyle, my favorite person coming back. Um... So J.M. Devine actually owned a popular clothing store in St. John's called The Big Six. Ooh. And he also had a radio program named after the store and he called it The Big Six as well. And I went on Facebook and found like some pictures and people talking about remembering The Big Six. And okay. There was a slogan. The slogan was called... I haven't written down here but I can't find it. Um, once a number, now an institution. So there were people who remembered, like, this store being around and it being a popular place. Um, da-da-da-da-da. Divine sponsored and promoted the McNulty family at one point on his radio program, and they
0: toured Newfoundland.
1: Very cool. And then after they toured Newfoundland, I read that they actually recorded um, the song Pat Murphy's Middle.
0: What year, What when, like, what timeline? This are we was in?
1: like, well, 1949 was when he sent the poem to okay. the family, so it's
0: later. I wonder, because I'm just curious, would they have flown here, or would they have traveled by? I guess road? I have no 1940, idea. like I mean, if they're in the 50s, I don't know what. I don't know. Was it, like planes exist. <laughs> when did <has> we- <laughs> we'll save that for the scrap episode? But okay. I'm curious. You know, did coming to tour Newfoundland mean like? uh seven days oh i would guess when they're uh,
1: i guess when they're on the island they would have
0: yeah driven but like or... how long did they get here in a day because they flew or did they take a full a week to boat, get here right. and then another big boat to get home again we'll look into it <laughs> um you're all about the boats and like did I they am. sink <laughs> this is, i'm invested i'm invested um
1: So yeah, I just love that like Gerald Estwell came up again. Mm -hmm. Um, You can actually go uh, to King's Cove. It's called the Lighthouse Trail. Mm -hmm. It's a 3.5 kilometer moderate hike. Okay. So we could do that. We could do it. Um, And you can actually walk along, uh, walk in the community of King's Cove and enjoy the smell. This is what was on the government website. Enjoy the smell of the wildflowers as you stroll by Pat Murphy's Meadows on your way to the Lighthouse
0: very cool right yep um,
1: I know some friends who have been there who have taken pictures and stuff mm-hmm. yeah I feel like um, I've seen
0: pictures this summer yeah yeah it.
1: but yep. I, I've never been there no uh, so it's definitely one place that
0: so um, I'm going to sing you a verse and then I'm going to read you a verse because it
1: was originally a poem okay so I'm just going to get a
0: little starting note for myself Jen puts in her headphones pulls up <laughs> her keyboard app boom you can't hear my note but there it is okay <laughs> Have Murphy's Meadow.
1: actually oh before I sing it um, the book that I'm read that I'm singing this out of is um, Songs of Newfoundland and Labrador, Volume One, edited and arranged by Eric West. And um, inside, when I get to Pat Murphy's Meadow, <laughs> J.M. Divine, arranged by Anne Divine. So Anne Divine is a provincial treasure, mm-hmm. and I believe that this was her grandfather or her uncle, J.M. Divine. I have to find that out maybe I can talk to Anne Devine. I'd be so nervous. I'm such a fan of hers. <laughs> but uh, this arrangement in this book was by is by Anne Divine. So here's just the first verse. And then I'm going to read one of the verses. The autumn days are here again. The night winds chilly blow. The woodlands turn to dream again of days long past To come no more I know When I mowed Pat Murphy's meadow In the sunny long ago It's so pretty. Beautiful. beautiful. This is the last. So it's very just like nostalgic.
0: Mm-hmm. Just
1: remembering. But the last verse... Those days are but a memory, like the snows of yesteryear, and when evening shades are falling, all alone I shed a tear. On my cheek I feel the soft touch of winds that whispered low, when I mowed Mm -hmm. Pat Murphy's meadow Mm -hmm. in the sunny long ago. So pretty. I just think it's such a beautiful tune. It is. And words, obviously. Yes. And I would love to hear that. And a beautiful arrangement. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So... Then I thought there's another famous song about a Pat Murphy, Patty Murphy. Oh the night that Patty Pat Murphy, died. Murphy died. And then I was like, hmm, I don't know if there's a connection or
0: same person, for sure. You think? I couldn't find anything. Maybe it's his like maybe Pat Murphy was like Pat Murphy Sr. and now we're talking about <laughs> Patty, <laughs> Patty Murphy. Patty <laughs> Murphy Jr. <laughs> when he moved to St. Jose. Party. <laughs> Yeah, Uh so um, who knows?
1: I'll have to look that up too. Yep. That was Uh, really beautiful. I love that song. Yeah, Pat Murphy's Meadow. If you don't know the whole song, there's lots of beautiful recordings on YouTube of Mm -hmm. people singing it.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You can check out the McNulty family
0: from Ireland. Is that like an old, do they still exist? I don't know. We'll find out for you. We'll do the research. Yeah. We'll post about it.
1: Kings Cove, Gerald S. Doyle, J.M. Devine. <laughs> go I have to go to Kings
0: Cove. Yes, all the worlds are colliding <sighs> in our stories today. I know. And it was fun. Very exciting. I know. I was very excited by your story. I hope it was ex- as exciting for you. If you have listened to all of the episodes so far, I hope that you enjoyed how they all kind of came yeah. together today. It was cool. Very cool. And we're four episodes in now. Wild. <laughs> Crazy. We're almost to half a dozen. <laughs> I have a Tupperware container over on the stove. Looking at Tout it, and dough is rising in it as we speak. I'm very so excited. when we're done this, we're gonna have brunch. Yes.
1: Maybe uh, next episode we need to be cooking while we're recording, so there's like a little bit of Sound sizzle in the back. Yeah. Like, now, oh that we, ASMR. now that we
0: sort of know what we're doing. Yeah. Did you, wait? Did you see the Newfoundland AM? ASMR? Oh, that was the best. <laughs> Drop a Pepsi law
1: what else him, did he say tell your mother you won't be long that guy was brilliant I don't oh know why God. someone didn't think of it before it was so funny so we'll funny. have to retweet it
0: yeah we will
1: if, if you know. haven't heard this yet uh I can't remember his name but uh, I don't know
0: is it TikTok uh I think it might be TikTok uh, I don't yeah, know I can't remember we'll find it too so good okay so funny that's it bye have a great week see you later